Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kinsey Dozinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach, and this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. You guys, daylight saving started yesterday, which means it will be completely light outside by the time I leave my office this evening. I hope you all had a great weekend, that you were able to implement one daily habit from last week's episode, and that you're ready to take on a new marriage formation practice this week. On today's episode, we're talking about weekly rhythms to incorporate into your marriage formation practices. And the reason we're spending a whole month on marriage formation is because when we do marriage with intention, when we pause to think about what could be improved, and when we approach it as formation, it serves our marriage as well. By inserting positive relationship-building practices, it not only helps us think about each other more, engage with each other in more meaningful ways, and work more proactively toward the health of our marriages— But these marriage formation practices can also serve to indirectly repair some of the things that may have dropped off in your relationship or that may have devolved over the years as life has gotten busy and focusing on your marriage maybe has become an afterthought. So today, I'm going to present three weekly rhythms to incorporate into your marriage formation repertoire. These include date nights, observing the Sabbath, and weekly check-ins. And as you listen, I want you to think about choosing one weekly rhythm to begin to implement and whichever one feels like it would provide the maximum benefit to your marriage and the one that both of you would most likely be on board with. But before we dive in, I want to make you aware that we have another Courageous Conversations workshop coming up on Saturday, April 25th, above a corner coffee shop in Nicholasville, Kentucky. This will be the third Courageous Conversations workshop we've held there because the space, you guys, it's just so conducive to the group time and to the individual couple time and coaching time that you'll get throughout the day. So if you've thought about coming in the past or if you think a workshop on learning how to connect through better, deeper conversations would be enriching to your relationship, I'd encourage you to visit bravemarriage.com slash courageous-conversations to learn more and to sign up. I keep these workshops small, so if you'd like to get in on it this time around, visit bravemarriage.com slash courageous-conversations. All right, the first weekly rhythm to consider starting is date night. Dating is so important to the health of your relationship because it creates a regular reminder that you're more than just roommates or co-parents. You're also friends and lovers and romantic partners. And dating can look like a number of things, but here's what I would recommend keeping off limits during date time. Number one, keep it a kid-free zone. Family outings are family outings, and they're important, but they're not dates. And number two, have a no-cell phone policy. And by that, I mean either leave them at home if you can, leave them in the car if you can, or at least leave them in pockets and purses. If you've gone out to a nice dinner, but one of you was working on emails, checking the scores of the game, scrolling through Instagram or Facebook, or texting with your friends, family, or babysitter, this is just a reminder that if that's how you're spending your time together, whether you're aware of it or not, all you've engaged in is an expensive, distracted, and emotionally disconnected dinner. 
I'm not trying to be legalistic here or inconsiderate that you may have kiddos at home that you're checking in on. It's just that my priority is your relationship. So I'm saying this because I care about the health of your marriage. So maybe let's go back and define what a date is. It's time together, just the two of you, where you're both physically and emotionally and mentally present. So it's a kid-free, cell phone-free zone, but within those parameters, there's a lot of freedom, flexibility, and fun to be had, whatever that means to you both. Maybe it's the traditional dinner and a movie, or a date night subscription box service that you can do at home while you send the kids off to grandma's or to a friend's house. Maybe it's Saturday morning coffee and donuts, or the farmer's market, or window shopping, or attending a live entertainment event. Maybe it's a game night at home, or a day hike somewhere. But whatever it is, just make sure that it's enjoyable for you both, and that it fits within the amount of time you have, and within the price range you can afford in whatever season you're in. But I'll tell you, one of the happiest couples I know maintained a weekly date night consistently throughout their parenting years. And it was so impactful for their kids to see growing up, to know that their parents' relationship mattered. And it also kept that couple close and connected as partners, not just parents. So you can imagine how important and helpful this is as a couple transitions into the empty nest years. So think of this as a long-term investment in your relationship. The second weekly rhythm to consider implementing is a weekly Sabbath. The Sabbath is one day of the week set aside to rest. In the same way that the Creator God rested after six days of creativity and work. Now, when we practice the Sabbath today, we're engaging in two practices or disciplines at once. Number one, we're setting aside a day to worship and glorify God, reminding ourselves of who He is, of His good nature and character, of His provision for us, and we're reminding ourselves that He is in control, not us. Which leads into number two, that we're engaging in the discipline of limiting ourselves, of humbling ourselves and reminding ourselves that, in fact, the world will keep spinning without us. We are merely co-creators in the work that we do throughout the week. And when we take a day off, it reminds us that the weight of the world doesn't depend on us. And that's such an important thing to remember as we live out our lives and engage in our work. Because when we start to believe that our companies or our jobs or whatever work we're engaged in is solely dependent upon us being there and available 24-7, that's when A, we've become too self-important, and B, our overall health begins to dissipate, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. And this is why keeping a weekly Sabbath is included in a marriage formation episode, because of the relational health piece. I recently read John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And along the same lines, he mentions that keeping a Sabbath is like implementing a built-in barometer for our overall health, which is directly related to the degree to which we're aware of our natural human limitations. He essentially says that if we have so much to do that it's overflowing into the seventh day of the week, then we simply have too much to do. I know it's super countercultural, but over the past several years, Evan and I have been intentional about keeping a Sabbath, and probably more than any practice in our lives, it's been transformative and life-giving. 
We take our Sabbath on Saturdays, and as much as we can, we avoid going anywhere other than outside, and we steer clear of work. Relationship-wise, we're either spending time with the Lord, time with each other, or occasionally time with our friends and our community. We have other friends who keep the Sabbath and make it a tech-free day or a consumer-free day, which helps them really tune in to rest into their emotional, spiritual, and relational health. So if any of these ideas sound appealing to you, I'd encourage you to try and begin reorienting your marriage and family life around the Sabbath, around one day off a week. Because what it does is it shifts and shapes your lifestyle in ways that are restful, life-giving, and more aware in terms of how much you're taking on, what roles and responsibilities actually belong to God, and how you're spending your days overall. And the last weekly rhythm to consider is a weekly check-in. What I mean by a weekly check-in is one morning or evening a week, say 30 minutes, where you're sitting down with your spouse at the kitchen table or over coffee and talking through the week ahead, what each of you needs and where you anticipate needing help. Ideally, it would take place at the same time each week to make starting and maintaining this habit more simple. But if you and your spouse have schedules or work travel situations that don't align, you may just need to book your 30 minutes together, whether you're doing it over FaceTime or in the pockets of time you have at home. Because so often our miscommunications or our misaligned expectations could be mitigated on the front end if we would simply take the time to communicate intentionally around what we have going on and how we can work as a team to get through the week as we anticipate the weekend or our Sabbath day of rest, right? Truly, all this requires is carving out 30 minutes, planning for this time by making coffee or tea beforehand, turning off the TV, and making sure the kids are playing or in bed. Once you've done these things, all that's left to do is to compare calendars and schedules and ask for what each of you needs, and then negotiate or creatively problem-solve when needed. Now, a quick caveat. One of the barriers I come across in assigning this weekly rhythm is when one spouse feels like it's yet another thing to do and like he or she is already doing it all. So a spouse will say, why do I have to be the planner, the one who brings it up? I'm already doing all of it myself, and this feels like just one more thing to add to my plate. So if that's you, what I'd say is, this is not going to be the weekly rhythm for you to choose as a marriage formation practice. Why? Well, because when things like this are expressed, it's really a dynamic issue, where one partner is over-functioning and the other partner is under-functioning in the marriage. And that's likely developed because the over-functioning partner has learned that he or she can't trust their spouse to step up and be a team player, while at the same time, the under-functioning partner has learned to depend on his or her spouse, but in an unhealthy way. So if that's the case, I would recommend getting in to see a good licensed marriage and family therapist and working on that dynamic first before you try to have a weekly check-in that may just frustrate you more. But for the rest of you, I trust that you can do this. I trust that you can set yourselves up for success by starting this one simple practice. Not only will it reduce frustration and misunderstandings over time, but it will also increase your trust, your efficiency, and your sense of we've got this as a couple. 
As you may have guessed, your action step is to talk about these three options with your spouse and choose one marriage formation practice to implement together weekly. And I'd love to hear from you to hear what you all are choosing and how these marriage formation practices are going. Just this past week, I received a few emails from new listeners responding to episodes from well over a year ago, but it always encourages me to hear from you guys and to hear of the changes you're making in your marriage. And here's my prayer on behalf of your marriage this week. God, I pray for every couple represented who's listening to this episode, that you would provide for them in the ways that they're needing this week. That even as they think through the obstacles standing in their way to implementing one of these weekly rhythms, that they would feel confident in their abilities to work it out with their spouse as they can and confident that you would provide where they can't. We know that your yoke is easy and that your burden is light and that you promise to give rest to our souls when we seek you sincerely. And so I pray for these couples and my marriage included that we would seek you that we would live and shape our lives around your way of life, that we might find it and live more peacefully, joyfully, and abundantly together. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Have a great week, friends, and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.